It's customary in the church for us on this second Sunday of Lent to read account of the transfiguration of Jesus on the mountain. Now, why is that? Well, because if we look at the church fathers and what they had to say, have to say is that Jesus in the actual transfiguration, which happened right before his entry into Jerusalem and the suffering of his passion and death, was there to, for the apostles, remove what Leo the Great calls the scandal of the cross. He knew, Jesus did, and there was going to be darkness and pain and suffering that he was going to have to undergo, and the apostles would scatter. So he allowed them, Peter, James, and John, to witness this spectacle so they could keep it in their minds that when the darkness came, that they would know and not forget who Jesus was, the power of God. And so the church allows us to read and meditate on the transfiguration because as we are moving in the season of Lent towards the passion, death, and resurrection, we often need to be reminded also of who Jesus is, of his power and his dignity, that he is that beloved son in whom we should listen and put our trust. Because we go through it in our own lives, our own Lent, our own passion and death when the darkness comes. We have to go through suffering when things don't make sense. We struggle with our own guilt or even our own shame. We need the reminder of who Jesus is and that he's there walking with us. But we also need the reminder of who we are. Because if we're baptized into Christ, we share in his divinity. And so those words that Jesus hears and that the apostles hear, this is my beloved son, we need to hear that too. We need a reminder in this darkness of who we are and how the Lord sees us, how the Father sees us. And so Peter, whom we see in today's gospel, is that perfect example. Peter, who has the best intentions, but is always messing up. We even see him sort of messing up today, putting his foot in his mouth. The scripture says he didn't even know what he was talking about. Constantly falling, constantly having to be forgiven, even to the point of denying Jesus, knowing him three times. And so you can imagine what Peter might have struggled with. Why am I called to be Pope? Why am I still here? Why does the Lord still love me? The darkness and the confusion can set in. And so this week someone sent me a song called Petros by an artist I'd never heard of before. She's a Catholic artist. Her name is Alana Boudreau. You can find her stuff. I don't know if she's from around here or not. You can find Boudreau without an X, so maybe not. You can find her on Spotify. And the song Petros is Peter, and she's Catholic. And she's speaking or singing as if it were Peter talking, expressing how Peter messed up. He realized that he'd fallen over and over and over again, but he's still in the core of his being, 
wants to die for Jesus and wants the Lord to understand that. But there was one line that sort of jumped out. And he says, or she says, in speaking in Peter, tell me once again, love, what you saw in me. Peter, there, can only see his sin and his failure. Speaking to Jesus, what do you see in me? Remind me. I've forgotten. Why did you pick me in the first place? Why am I here? And so we have to ask ourselves, when we're in that same spot, and that's why we love Peter, because so many of us can identify with Peter, with his weakness and his failure and his hard-headedness, what does Jesus see in us? Because Jesus ultimately saw the rock in St. Peter. Peter couldn't see that in himself all the time, but Jesus saw the rock in him. And by having faith in that, Peter was able to press through the darkness. And so over the course of the past week or so, I've been quoting from this book called The Gateway to Hope by this English sister called Sister Maria Bolding, and she writes a lot about failure and the struggle with our sin and imperfection and Christ's mercy. And she has a whole chapter basically on Peter. And this insight that I'm going to share sort of applies to everything and was kind of the inspiration of what I wanted to talk about today. She talks about how Jesus changes Peter's name, sees Peter as the rock. And even though Peter has fallen, Jesus does not give up on him. She says, nevertheless, even though Peter fell, even though he denied knowing him three times, Jesus' assessment of Peter had not been mistaken. That he's good at heart. That he is the rock. He had seen through the bravado and the confusions and known Peter as he truly was, great but weak. God sees us all as potentially transfigured in his beloved son. When we hear today, he sees us all as potentially united and transfigured to Christ. Jesus never ceased to believe in Peter and to love him towards true greatness. He never gave up on Peter. Knowing what the experiences and compassion of this failing disciple would later mean to other weak and failing disciples. That's why he prayed that Peter's faith would not fail so that he could embolden the other disciples. Jesus, as he knew who Peter truly was, the core of his being, and never gave up on him, Jesus knows the same for us. During this Lent, things get dark in the midst of our sin, our weakness, our shame, all the things that we may be going through that don't make sense. We pray for the Lord to, again, remind us what he sees in us. The goodness, the potential, the capacity that he sees in us. And Jesus desires to do this. He's never here to put us down. He's never here to shame us. He's calling us to a deeper conversion. Why? Because he knows what we're capable of. And every fall that Peter had was Jesus having this opportunity to bring Peter to a deeper realization of trust in him. And so Jesus does this for us. We just often don't see it. How does Christ remind us of what he sees in us. He does it through scripture. 
You can read in Scripture the passage we hear today, this is my beloved son. That's the Father speaking to us. We believe that Scripture is the word of God. Those passages of consolation, of affirming our dignity and who we are in Christ, although they may have been written 2,000 years ago or before, are spoken to us. The main place we need to be able to see it is in front of the Eucharist. Particularly in Eucharistic adoration, although we may not hear the voice, the Lord is constantly trying to break through the walls to remind us of what he sees in us, of what we truly are, of who we truly are. It just takes time. And of course, you heard me say before, he also tries to remind us through others. Others who see the good in us, even when we can't see the good in ourselves. It's those eyes of other people who know us and love us that mediate the eyes of Christ and the eyes of the Father. And so, although we may need to be reminded over and over and over again of this, of what God sees in us, we need to be able to come to see that, apart from our sin, apart from our shame, apart from our guilt, so that we can show it to others. Jesus, as we hear today, Peter had to receive the Lord's mercy so he could show it to others in the same way when we come to know who we are, Christ expects us to have that same merciful gaze towards others. And so that's what the transfiguration shows us, that just like Peter, Christ sees beyond all the stuff that we focus on to remind us who we truly are, beloved sons and daughters. But there's also another thing in order for us to really live in that, to really be aware of it, and to trust in those words, Jesus also has to remind us of our own poverty, of our own weakness, of our own dependence on him. In the same way, he was able to remind Peter only after he fell, after he had to realize he couldn't do it by himself. So over the course of Lent, we're, we're doing a little Lenten book study on this book called Conversion by Father Donald Haggerty, who's a priest of New York. If you read the Magnificat, you can read some of his writings. And today in our discussion, there was one sentence that really jumped out, at least at me and I think a few others. And he talks about, Father Haggerty, is that need to live in the gaze of Christ, his merciful gaze, to be reminded who we are. And so he says, on our part, faithfulness to this mercy, mercy of God, is to keep an awareness of the divine gaze upon our soul. It is to know ourselves as known by God in mercy. Exactly what we've been talking about. However, the soul conscious of mercy enters into prayer in poverty and need, but it also knows God's presence as a gaze of love upon its poverty. We need to be aware of our poverty, of our emptiness, of our weakness, or else we end up relying too much on ourselves. The more we remain humble, and sometimes humbled, the more we are poor in spirit, the more that we can remain in his gaze and allow the Lord to fill us with his love and mercy. But just like Peter, we often forget 
We go off into space. We say things we shouldn't say. We begin relying on ourselves. So we need to be reminded. And that's why the Lord allows us to fail, to put our foot in our mouth, to drown or begin drowning when we're walking on the water so that we can be more aware of our poverty, reach out to him, and to be able to see ourselves in that darkness as we truly are. Maybe if I was God, I would have done this a different way, but it represents the will of the Lord and the mystery of Lent and the passion of Christ. And through the failure and suffering of the cross, we find the path to the resurrection. Amen.